0: Good morning welcome back to another episode of the autism erudite podcast we are your hosts swati and keita coming to you live from denver again <laughs> yeah. hence the good morning <laughs> yeah <laughs> not sure what it's kind of time for y'all to most of you to go to bed but here we are it's a beautiful sunny day from inside the room outside it's cold (laughs) it's very cold (laughs) it is it is so yeah it's it's been a great experience like we shared with you uh, on the last episode of the podcast lots of learning lots of uh, just so much like we oh my god we feel like we need to do and catch up with and so here we are the last after the conference sitting here and working on some of those details so that when we are back in at work on monday um we can implement as much as possible that we have learned that feels so unreal <laughs> right now <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we're back monday yeah. no
1: but uh on another note i think the last time we recorded uh, an episode live mm. from denver we hadn't presented our paper no, no. we've done one presentation but yeah. uh interestingly the other paper that we presented the other presentation was uh, challenges in transitioning to adulthood Mm. for people with autism in india India. and oh my goodness i mean we did not expect that it will be this well received yes uh, Yes. because people actually came up to the podium after the presentation and shared their experience and spoke about how things are different where they work which Mm. is primarily a western country like the states or there was a person from Australia, Australia as well yeah, yeah and they were floored because they said I can't imagine yeah that you work in a place without a system and yeah. you are trying to be the system it's amazing yeah
0: yeah yeah we received a lot of uh, great feedback and um, I think a lot of gratitude <laughs> from people if <It> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> saying yeah. you guys are doing something which is unreal and uh, which we can't imagine doing because i I, know i just want to elaborate on why it's unreal based on you know some conversations we've been having with Mm. our
1: contemporaries and Mm. our colleagues here who are Mm. also bcbas Mm. is that we realize after our interactions that we function as a point of contact for practically everything yes yes right from from uh, diagnosis from diagnosis well that's
0: Part of her job, blame taken
1: because we <laughs> do aid the aiders too. But yeah, yeah. from diagnosis to family counselling to um, writing up protocols mm-hmm. or their skill acquisition programs mm-hmm. to training parents, training parents, yeah. training therapists. Yeah. Um, Actually working with the kids ourselves, which mm. we realize that BCBAs don't do in don't the States. Do, yeah. They yeah. don't directly work with children. Yeah. They yeah. work with therapists who work with children or they work with families and school districts that work with children, but they don't work with children themselves. Yeah, a lot of times, yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we also do the research, mm. which interestingly here...
0: We have no funding for. We don't, <laughs> we
1: don't have any funding. We don't earn anything from our research. We, we privately
0: fund ourselves yeah. all our research. Yeah, someone asked us, so did you have... Uh, some interns you know actually run this survey and contact families who are part of your study and we were like no that that would be us (laughs) we intern for ourselves (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. so um, i mean at this point i think i would like to acknowledge all those families who took part in that study yeah right Um, mothers of young adults on the spectrum um, because uh, I mean, maybe we should say a little bit about Absolutely. what Go do ahead. Comes yeah. yeah. So I mean, we looked at you know what we call quality of life of young adults on the spectrum um, and uh, independent living, which include independent living, ability to do household chores, self-help skills, um, friendships, involvement in community, and so on. So. Well, a lot of them are, I mean, of course, these are all young adults. Let's talk about how services were different, say, 17, 20 years back, right? So, what they, they got, what they got, which was not bad at all, but things have changed. And what do we? What do these mothers have to say? Looking back, we wish we had focused on, on expressive communication. We wish we had focused on language, Um We wish we had focused less on academics and more on um, functional skills Um, we wish you know our child had some amount of exposure to to um, being in the community being a part of the community a lot of them have uh, behavioral challenges and at this point as young adults it is obviously very very hard for parents to to deal with that right given their age and given mm-hmm. all these years and of course there is caregiver burnout oh yeah. yeah huge yeah so what are the lessons that we we learned from this one is to is that parents need to be like i'm sorry guys but this is the truth mm-hmm. uh, your role is huge and it's your job to keep on Persisting and keeping your focus on what is important for the child, right? A badgering to the point. Badgering right? to the point. Badgering for the right things. Oh yeah,
1: for the right <laughs> things, not, not for you know some milestone that you dreamt of because yeah. it has to be real things that your child requires, that your child um, cannot, you know, at this point acquire naturally, and um, things he needs to survive. Really, yeah,
0: yeah. and uh, yeah. Always keep the long term in mind. I mean, it's not nice, dignified for the child or dignified for you as a parent. If after your child is 8 or 10, you need to enter the bathroom to help him in, in him or her in, in any which way. Yeah. Even if it's just having to give a verbal prompt to help the child move from... Uh, you know, action A to action B in the whole process of bathing or to get him to move his toothbrush from the right side of his uh, mouth to the left side of his mouth. So if your presence is required there at some level beyond age 8 or 10, then it is time to rethink on what, you know, we should be doing with that child.
1: Yeah.
0: And what you as a family should be working really, really hard on. Right. Agreed. Yeah, and uh, I think the other takeaway we get is we always think that things are much easier in the West. It's not. Yeah. It's really there are not. systems. Yes,
1: there are yes. systems. There are fantastic doctors. Yeah. Fantastic BCs. Oh, some for of sure. the
0: research was amazing. Mind blowing. Okay, yeah, some of yeah. the
1: things that ca- a doctor uh, came from Boston Children's. I mean, his research in ASD and GI symptoms really hit home. Yeah, because yeah. back. It's what we miss. It's <laughs> what we miss because in <laughs> India and and from what I see, a lot of p- people here as well, they just follow Google, which says you have autism, go on the GFCF diet, mm. which has zero evidence, mm. negative. Which he okay? said, yeah. and and the doctor brought it out and said, you don't just do blanket treatments like that. Mm. It makes zero sense, and mm. you
0: follow the science. Mm. And anyway, so um, yeah. So looking at you know, there are. Yes, there are systems in place here. Um, the state provides so many things. It's still not enough though, but is what we yeah, are. Listening yeah. to people around us, we realize that they have the same set of challenges, except that as parents, parents have a right to you know fight for it or ask for services or ask for help, which is available. yeah, because in terms of resources, they do have a lot more than we do have in India. We have people, but we don't have enough training yes, or uh, enough knowledge about autism or enough research about autism, and we end up having to take a lot from here. So what we do realize is while there are services, it is not as rosy as we see it from where we are sitting in India. right? The challenges remain. The challenges are there, and families do go through the same um, um you know, the same effort and the same thing you need, the path you need to tread is definitely not easy. Except there is a path that is visible. Yes. You don't have to create your own. Very true. Yeah. Another other thing we realized is as BCBAs, I think like you said earlier, um, we, we are know. on call
1: <laughs> yeah. all the time. Okay. We are available on email all the time. And on our phones, I mean, pretty much except the time that we are on a flight I think we have been in contact which is more than what you would get because we were speaking to BCBAs here and they said that established contact with families that they work with is
0: regulated. Yeah Yeah, it is it is and do you do parent training was a question we were asked and of course of course we do it all the time time. all the time spend a lot of time working with families meeting families problem solving um and every in every little way right and i think that's what makes us um more humane more yeah. unique and uh, right absolutely compassionate and like i i think one more one of my last lines in my presentation was um yeah, we need more psychoeducation, but we need to give families more real solutions. But for that, we need more than 24 hours in a day and sometimes many avatars <laughs> of ourselves. I know. <laughs> but we love what we do. I wouldn't trade it for anything I wouldn't in the world. trade this for anything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And in the cultural context that we are from. In the cultural right? context. Absolutely. And the fact that we have the ability and the freedom to do what we are doing. And the ability to give back to families. And to accommodate their many, many many challenges. I would never give this up. Well said.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, yeah, with that, we're at the end of this pre-breakfast podcast.
0: Yes. And uh, thank you for joining us. And we'll be back for more. Yeah, we'll be back. And see you on the other side of the globe. Bye-bye.